The Pelicans go 0-2 over the weekend and really, really struggle shooting from three. So does that mean they need to turn their eyes to Portland and CJ McCollum? I'm going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcasts. It is a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans on the road, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, another back-to-back game tonight and on Tuesday. They've had a stretch of these, but this is kind of the end of that, so that's definitely a nice thing. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. No one else coming to you with this sort of regularity, breaking down everything you want to know. And I've got a really good show today, diving into a lot of the numbers around CJ McCollum. I've seen people be Really high on him, some less so much. That's a totally okay thing. But I think this weekend really showed you they definitely need something kind of uh, along those lines. Uh, Shooting, because they went 0-2 over the weekend, playing against the Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics. And we'll get into more notes from these games in the third segment of today's show. I thought Nikhil did actually okay despite poor shooting. Jackson Hayes looked pretty good throughout all of these, and Herb Jones was Herb Jones. But something that really came to the forefront in this, against the Denver Nuggets, you know, New Orleans was only down two at halftime and couldn't make anything, right? They were five of 34 from three in this one. That's 14.7%. Only one player hit multiple threes in this game. Only four guys hit threes at all. That's, you're just not going to win NBA games in 2022 if that is what you were doing. Again, the fact that they were only down, I think, eight at the end of the first when they couldn't hit anything was a miracle in and of itself, let alone fighting back to keep this one kind of close in the first half, only being down two and a half before the game kind of got away from you a little bit, but they still fought, right? But for it to even be that close, an 11-point win when you go five of 34, 14.7%, you know, if you hit a couple of threes, the complexion of this game is massively changed. And you can probably get the win. We've said this a couple times this year. January has been particularly tough for New Orleans where they're last in the league in three-point percentage and in makes because of it. And then the next night against the Boston Celtics, look, it was better. The shooting was better. But, you know, when you've been down so long, it all looks like up, right? And when you look at them here, they were 8 of 32. So, yeah, it's better than 4 of 34, but it's not a particularly good number. That's 25%. This is a team that you'd be looking at for league average of 35% or so. You're 10% below that. More guys hit threes. You had five guys hit threes in this one, and two people hit multiple. That's a significant improvement. But again, against the Boston Celtics, you lose by 10. Three more made threes, right? You go 11 of 32. Not a good percentage either. And you're right in this game. 
And you probably could win this game. Maybe not. They couldn't do anything to really stop Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown in this one. But if you had some more offense, who knows how the complexion of this game is different. Same for the game against the Denver Nuggets. And now with all these back-to-backs and everything, you know, they're on a three-game losing streak and they've seen themselves lose a bunch of ground in the race for the play-in tournament in the 10th spot. So when you look at this team and, you know, you go, maybe I don't want to trade some of these guys. I, I always caution people every year, don't overvalue players on the team and, you know, kind of don't fall in love with guys that aren't good at basketball. You know, if you want to see this team win. And so I think I'm seeing that a little bit. I've seen a lot of people kind of not want to trade away a guy like Josh Hart. And I get it, right? Let alone for someone who's over 30 in C.J. McCollum. But when you look at these two games, games that if they were shooting better, they could probably win. Look, Josh Hart was doing some nice things, but he wasn't helping contribute to They're winning when it comes to offense and three-point percentage. He was one of four against the Denver Nuggets. He was one of four against the Boston Celtics as well. He is shooting on the year. I I have it. Let me pull it up. I think it's 32.8%, something like that. It's not great. Yeah, 32.8%. He's doing some things well, and he's grown as a player tremendously. But shooting isn't that, and they need more Shooting. It's really that simple. One thing I've said, right? You're not going to sell me on the idea that Zion comes in and these guys are going to start hitting shots. They're taking open threes. Most of the looks against the Denver Nuggets were really good. They were wide open. And again, most teams only take open threes. So Zion coming in isn't going to change much if the dudes just can't hit shots. And that's a problem. And that's why I think CJ McCollum needs to be at the forefront for New Orleans. One, he's available, right? And he's a tremendous three-point shooter. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the New Year's. That means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because these things taste so good, you're going to want to eat them. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets boring. So by like week three, you're like me chowing down on a bunch of Dong Fong King Cake here. You know, you, you got to enjoy yourself, live life a little, right? I get those sugar cravings and things like that. And I'm trying to eat less of all of that. So I keep Bilt Bars around all the time. And when I have that craving, I go eat one of those because they taste so unbelievably good. I have two flavors at the house right now. I got the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. It's covered in 100% real white chocolate. And I also have the coconut brownie chunk covered in 100% real chocolate. And most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs, and just 17, or sorry, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. Bar or to any other protein bar on the market, those macros are better. So when you have those cravings, if you're trying to eat healthier, if you want a protein bar that just doesn't taste miserable, in fact, tastes awesome, you got to give Built Bars a try. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, it's promo code I use too. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. 
Uh, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. our time. And the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Again, 1 to 3 our time. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, who hosts Locked On Celtics and Locked On NBA with me on Wednesdays, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and turn your not- notifications on so you know when they go live basically if a deal happens the host from that show is going to hop on if the pelicans make a trade i will be on there first before i even record anything for you guys here for locked on pals so you're going to want to follow this it's over at the locked on nba youtube channel all right we just went over how the pelicans had a rough shooting weekend against the denver nuggets and the boston celtics and look over the past 15 games right new orleans has played better right haven't they we, we all agree with this. They've kind of turned their season around from where they started 1-13. Pelicans have the 23rd ranked offense. Okay, so you're, you're easily bottom 10 here in the league. You need more of that. Now, so these games have the caveat, right? Like, I'm not screaming that they lost. We weren't expecting them to win when you don't have any either of those, Brandon Ingram or Jonas Valanciunas, and still no Zion Williamson. Now, those three guys, right? Like, it, it's going to be tough. So I'm not upset they lost, but when you look at this team, just because they're down guys doesn't mean you want to excuse flaws or things that we see. And those three guys aren't going to fix that. Brandon Ingram's a good enough shooter. Valanciunas is good, but he's not doing it in a high enough volume and he doesn't bend a defense with it so much. He's kind of the trail man or they leave him open, he takes and he burns them. But he only does that a few times per game, if that, right? Other than some explosions that we've seen. And Zion's not going to do it unless it's his first game ever in the NBA. So three-point shooting, where this team is struggling, is a really important area to try and improve. They're 25th in the league, 33.1% from deep. They're also 29th just straight up in makes. That's not a good... Those numbers are bad. Like Everything about this is bad for the Pelicans when it comes to three-point shooting. So C.J. McCollum, you know, one of the reasons his name's brought up a lot is because he's probably available from the Portland Trailblazers who maybe need to blow it up or just do something. Damian Lillard is kind of shutting it down for the season. They really need to mix things up because they're not where they want to be. So C.J. McCollum, his longtime backcourt partner of eight years, is maybe a guy that's going to be on the block. Sorry, nine years. Um... And it makes sense. You know, there's a couple of things to worry about right off the bat. His age, he's over 30. That's not great. He makes a good bit of money, $30.8 million this year, 33.3 next year, and then 35.8 in 2023, 24 season. That's a, a lot. Like That's a bit of a, of a concern, and the amount of money that he's making there kills sort of any flexibility. But first and foremost, just get talent. I don't care about the age. I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to see his game really decline over the next three seasons. When you're a shooter like that, you can be in the league for a really, really long time because you're elite at a really important skill and one that maybe requires some of the like less athleticism than you need. You know, and in terms of contract and killing future flexibility, we saw them clear space this offseason. They could not give their money away. They couldn't entice anyone over here. So we should not go into this offseason being like, we have space for a max contract. Who are they going to get? They're not going to get anyone on that. This is not, and this is a hard thing to hear sometimes, a free agent destination. So you're looking to improve your team through trades. Okay, so CJ McCall. 
Here's the stat you really need to know. Well, hold on. I'm going to tease it a little bit longer. Let's build up some anticipation, right? Um, so f- for his career, 39.8%, so 40% from three. He's 48.5% for this year from three, 40.2 last season. Those are excellent numbers. He's only ever shot, he's never shot below 37.5%. And this is a guy who at times regularly shoots above 40% from three. He's averaging 20.6 points per game, 4.2 rebounds, and 4.5 assists. Not a good defender. But he's got decent size, actually, 6'3", so that's good. But the three-point shooting, right? Like, those numbers are good. Those are numbers that would help this team. But the number you really need to look at is the percentage of his three-point shots that are assisted and unassisted. And this is the big thing. Of his three-pointers this year, 65.7%, let's call it 66%, have been assisted. So he's making 34% or 34% of his makes are unassisted threes, 66%. On the Pelicans, no one's even close to that number. No one is even close to that number. The lowest on the Pelicans in terms of unassisted or in terms of assisted versus unassisted threes, is Devontae Graham, who is making 75% of his threes as assisted. So a quarter of his threes are unassisted. This is important for a number of reasons, okay? One, it means he's more than just a catch-and-shoot guy. He's an off-the-dribble shooter. You have to defend those guys significantly differently than you do with catch-and-shoot guys. Catch-and-shoot guys, you need to know where they are and be able to close out on them. But when they have the ball in their hands and they're dribbling... There may be less of a threat, but a guy that has the ball in his hands and is a threat to just pull up and shoot, that changes the geometry on the court and does open things up. Again, guys will rather guard Zion down low and force him to pass out than they will cover the shooter out there on the perimeter. But when you have someone that is such a a threat to shoot from three when he has the ball in his hands, you can't leave that person open ever. When they have the ball, you need to really commit someone to that, which means that's one less guy that you can throw at Zion Williamson. And when you look at this team needing some kind of instant offense at times, C.J. McCollum can provide that. Yeah, older, costs a lot. Not as likable, let's say, as Josh Hart is. But when you start to compare some of the numbers, it's, it's not much of a contest, in my opinion. We love Josh Hart. He's having his best season as a pro. Per 36 minutes, he's averaging 14.5 points per game. That's good, but per 36, C.J. McCollum is at 21. There, there's a big difference there, right? Josh is playmaking more. We're seeing his assist numbers be at a career high. Per 36 minutes, 4.5. For C.J. McCollum, his assists per 36 minutes... Four and a half. You're not losing anything there necessarily. For the rebounding, you are. 4.2 for CJ McCollum, 8.3 for Josh Hart. That's something you worry about, but for the shooting difference, Josh Hart, 32, 33% from three compared to CJ McCollum over 40. It's probably something you need to look at. And yes, Josh Hart would probably need to be included in that trade to Portland alongside some picks and probably one of Jackson Hayes or Nikhil. I'd rather send Nikhil out than Jackson. 
It's just one of those things when you look at what this team needs right now and they want to get into the play-in tournament. And we're not going to debate should they not or should they. This is really what they're doing, right? This is the type of player you you really need to consider and would help you. Would help you. I think the lack of flexibility in the future is overrated. I'm less worried about his age. Elite shooters can be elite for a long, long time. He is that. And he helps when Zion comes back and fits well with Zion. And I think that's something that is also worth keeping in mind. And he's under contract for a while, right? You've got Josh Hart, who might be here next year, but almost certainly wouldn't be the year after that with the way his contract's set up. That's something to keep in mind, too. You have this guy on contract for a while. You don't need to worry about anything with that. I think that's an underrated part. So let me know in the YouTube comments. Today's show, right? The question. Would you trade for, say, Jim McCollum, even if it meant including Josh Hart? But I think that's the rationale about why you really need to consider a move like this. So coming up, let's talk a little bit more about those games over the weekend. Let's touch on Nikhil. Let's touch on Jackson Hayes. Those guys were good. Herb Jones was also good. Herb Jones is always good, pretty much, right? Like, we love Herb Jones. We are Herb Jones fans here. Jose Alvarado also getting a career high in the mix over the weekend too so that's going to be coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans and thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every day we're free and available on all platforms five days a week no one else coming to you like that free no paywall or anything like that you want pelicans talk you want trade talk we are here daily breaking it all down for you everything around the team the good and unfortunately the bad as well so thank you for listening thank you for for subscribing subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on youtube as well tell a friend about the show and leave a five star review with a comment helps keep this free and five days a week for you all and now for your next listen it's got to be locked on saints who's going to replace sean payton that is a big Big, big, those are big shoes to fill. That's not something you necessarily want to do, but they got to get the right guy because that defense is elite. Ross Jackson breaking down everything you want to know about the black and gold over at the Locked on Saints podcast. All right, so we're talking about now back to the weekend. We explained why over the weekend they shot terribly. They need C.J. McCollum, or maybe they need C.J. McCollum. Something like that, right? But you also saw some decent play from guys over the weekend. Again, no one shot particularly well. Other than some of the bigs, including Jackson Hayes, against the Denver Nuggets, 6 of 8, 13 points. You're really seeing, one, you're seeing Willie Green use him a little bit better, a little bit more actively and trying to find ways to kind of get him the ball on the move, whether that's in the pick and roll, whether that's a dribble handoff, kind of using that as a pick and roll, right? And creating a little bit of space and then trying to cut towards the basket. He was good against Denver. He's been good Overall, I thought, and I, you're starting to kind of see what we saw last year from him where there was an improvement after a benching and some really terrible play. Defensively, he's not there, but man, he'll catch some bodies on dunks. Against the Nuggets, that was just preposterous, some of the things that he did. And yeah, I, I really hope he works out. He really, they really need him to work out. Three rebounds for him against the Denver Nuggets. Let's not talk about him against Boston, though. Herb Jones, by the way, 7 of 13. Again, works so well off ball. He's been just a revelation. Again, I think what's so impressive about him is you've seen a steady improvement in his game. It's just a line going up, right? That's what you want. 7 of 13 shooting, 4 of 4 from the line, five or sorry, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 freaking steals against the Denver Nuggets, including kind of going at Nikola Jokic and trying to get him to pick up fouls, which kept Jokic out of the game for a little bit. That's just a smart 
basketball player, right? Like basketball IQ. He knows to go out there and attack certain guys. He's aware of the situation. Gotta love a player like that. You know, against the Celtics, he struggled a little bit more, just 11 points on four of 11 shooting. His three-point shot wasn't falling in that one, one of five, but you still see him do all the other things, right? Four rebounds, trying to play make a little bit and just kind of create for others, four assists. Those are very, very good numbers. And then you had Nikhil, right? He had a bad bad shooting week, weekend. 5 of 14 against the Denver Nuggets, 2 of 8 from 3. He's not shooting well from 3 on the on the season, but he got to the line 6 times, 18 points, and was very key to New Orleans trying to make a comeback in this one and keeping it as close as it was against the Denver Nuggets. Playing downhill, good things happen. Four assists from him. You're seeing him play downhill so much more than just out on the perimeter jacking up threes. It's a little improvement. Again, I don't know if this is real or not. We've kind of been here with him before, but this is a handful of games now where he started to play better or at least play differently. That's encouraging. I might not believe it until it's like 20 games, 30 games, the rest of the season maybe, but uh, that can be an important improvement for him. And again, you saw it similarly against the Boston Celtics. Not a good shooting night, two of nine, but just one of three from deep trying to get downhill and attack and play make five assists against the Boston Celtics. Those are good numbers for him. He was a big part of why they started to make a run in the second half between the third and fourth quarter to get this one close to against Boston and cut it down to like a two possession game at times, you know, Boston led by as many as many as 20 and New Orleans started getting downhill, started playing more and was really led by Nikhil trying to do that. There's been a stretch of games where he looks like a rotation guy. Does not look like a starter. Doesn't look like a good scorer necessarily, but looks like a rotation guy who's growing. That's an improvement from where he's been this year. Will he keep it up? That Big questions, right? Not entirely sure. We'll see. That's kind of something to kind of look at with him and see if it continues or not. But if he starts to regress and starts to go back to that style of play that isn't effective... You know, I don't know what to do. He's going to keep getting opportunities. There's just no one else you can play over him. So he's got his chance. Against the Boston Celtics, Jose Alvarado also shined in this one. 19 points. That's a career high for him. 8 of 11, 3 of 4 from 3. Thank you, someone hitting their threes. Four rebounds, two assists, four steals. Bulldog on defense, right? He's got his jersey in the team shop for a guy on a two-way deal. That is absolutely nuts. For an undrafted guy to have his jersey in the team shop already. I don't know if it's a safe jersey buy like Herb Jones is. But credit to him. Like, this is a guy that, look, shouldn't be succeeding like he is in the NBA. But almost through, like, sheer force of will, like, grit, determination, all of those things really is. He's been a really fun player to watch. And it's nice to see him get moments like this. And also a big part of that, that kind of push against the Boston Celtics on when this team start started to make it just a little bit closer. But they didn't win. They're now on a three-game losing streak. Maybe they'll write it against the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight as they manage to get that win and come back from whatever it was in December. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Start to the week here. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. Now your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Super Bowl set. 
You're going to throw some money on it. I'm going to throw some money on it. What prop bets do you want? You're going to take the spread. You're going to go the over under. They're going to be covering it all over at Locked On Bets. And it's free and available on all platforms. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.